this. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. I know we always want to talk about quarterback legacy, this and that. Can we talk about Steve Spagnuolo's legacy as a defensive coordinator? He stopped the 07 Patriots and won a game against them in the Super Bowl where they didn't score much at all. He then was the coordinator for three or four Chiefs Super Bowls. Now, I know Arians got him. We can be honest about that. And I think that uh, Gannon – uh, Steichen, Steichen and Sirianni, they got him a bit last year. I mean, they made some opportunistic plays, but I, overall, I think the Matt Eagles. Taylor's gotten him a little bit before. Well, I'm talking Super Bowls. Oh, it's and Bowl. yeah. So, but other than that, he was the best coach in a game with Bill Belichick. He was the best coach on the field in that 07 Super Bowl. Second, he was the best coach in the first Chiefs 49ers matchup. Mm-hmm. Their ability to stop the 49ers is what won them that game. I mean, I remember that Chiefs, if I'm remembering correctly, that Chiefs game kind of started slow. I don't think the 49ers were moving the ball all over them in that game. In their Super Bowl wins, he was not the best coach against the Eagles, but he, again, was the best coach in this game. So he's been the best coach in games that featured Bill Belichick, in games that featured Andy Reid and um, Kyle Shanahan twice. He was the best coach in those games. I know we we talk so much about quarterback legacies. What I, I know his regular season defenses are not always the most impressive. No. But I feel like what he has done has made him, to me, one of the defining defensive play callers of the generation. And yeah. honestly, it could go earlier because that 07 Super Bowl was like last generation. So he's been doing this forever. He only got one shot at being a head coach, and it was with a very bad team that probably is going to fail either way. And since then, people are talking about who's the third most important chief. Is it Chris Jones? Is it whoever? Because if Mahomes and Reed, uh, maybe fourth most important, and Kelsey are your top three most important chiefs, who's number four on this team? Like, who's the fourth? It's Spags. It's Steve Spagnuolo. Come on. Like, what are we doing? I don't – why would you pick just a defensive player when he, as the coordinator of that defense, has held these offenses to low-scoring games? I don't know. I was I, I came away super impressed. He took away everything the 49ers wanted to do and tried to make them be what they aren't. And while they were able to move the ball up and down a little bit, and maybe we're having a different discussion if they don't shoot themselves in the foot so much. Yeah. I felt like overall heck of a game from him. So wanted to talk about that a little bit just because fired me up about it. I love Spags. I mean, another uh, Italian defensive coordinator always calling these high-end games, him and Anarumo. He is. He's 64 years old. I would love it if he just said, you know what, I'm going to retire because I can see him being a guy who I know we talk about maybe that next opportunity to be a head coach again, but he feels like a guy who is in mid-60s and he's like, I'll just be a DC lifer the rest of the time. And that terrifies me a little bit. What, uh, what, uh, he's not even getting interviews. Like, that's the thing that would frustrate me. Like, I, I'm, I've won all these, I've won these rings. I've Patrick been Holmes. a great defensive coordinator. Yeah. But like, he's, you could see that he's been a great dude. I thought in that AFC championship game last year, called an awesome game to get them he there. Did. Yeah. He did. He so, did. Because I thought the Bengals, when they were, when he threw to Hayden Hurst in the fourth quarter, I thought the Bengals are going to go down the field and they're going to score a touchdown or they're going to score uh, or kick a field goal. And he did enough. 
he didn't got one on ones and then finding ways to defend the run, rush the passer, while also always keeping two guys over top of the two threats. Thought that was a good game from him. And yeah. uh I mean, yeah, I was, I was within hit hers. I mean, a lot of what the Bengals moved the ball that game were kind of like chuck it, that guy mm-hmm. Chase Higgins, they just gotta come down with this. And they did. They and did. It was awesome. But like that is also <laughs> is also in my brain of like do you put that on the defensive corner? Like you can't catch no. the ball for the guy. <laughs> no, those were impressive um, catches. Yeah. I think if you wanted to argue other Chiefs Bengals games, you could, but especially the very first one, because Spags didn't really respect Burrow yet. So he's still sending all that pressure and stuff. But uh, I feel like he's been the one quarterback to make Spags stop sending pressure was Joe Burrow, which Wink Martindale did not stop doing. And then, well, he's not going to play against um, what Michigan. I think they have Wink now. I, I love everything about it. Um, he's that that's gonna. I, I will always love that game against the Baltimore Ravens uh, right around Christmas. But kind of just going with that, I I I I I just can't do it. I can't do the Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan legacy talk. Um, I am not there. P- Patrick Mahomes is quarterback number one. We all know that he is a great talent. He has three Super Bowls in five tries. It's absolutely incredible. Um, you know, credit to him, what he's been able to do. Um, picked him to win, can't bet against him, has a great defense, has a Hall of Fame coach. Um, Travis Kelsey, that'll be something, I feel like, how many more years left of Travis, Travis Kelsey in Kansas City? We'll see what that looks like for him after this season. Um, but I just can't. He's coming I, back for sure. So We'll see what he looks like. I, th- I, mean, I think it's, he looked awesome in the playoffs. Like, he that looked was awesome in the playoffs, but regular season, I guess none of that really matters if you're coming out and winning rings um, mm-hmm. at the end of it. But um, we said about the Bengals. I think we could say it about the Chiefs. Like, if the Bengals yeah. start slow and finish strong, who cares? Oh, we're going to get to that in just a moment. We're going to get to that in just a moment. That was the biggest thing that I learned from the Kansas City Chiefs, honestly. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they got it done. I just, I mean, if I was a Kansas City fan, believe me, I'd be standing on 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 a tower saying, yes, he is the next Tom Brady. He is going to do it. And I know it's extremely impressive. He's 28 years old. He has three Super Bowls. Great for him. I just, that's just, that makes for a long off season of comparing him and Tom Brady. And I know we're going to have to do it until somebody else takes him off his throne. Um I ain't doing that. Oh, sorry. I'm glad we're not. I'm glad we're not. But man, I, I can't do it. It is. I told myself I, was, I haven't watched national sports talk radio or national sports talk shows since Joe Burrow went down. There's there's no time. I'm not turning back now. I'm not. I, there's no reason to watch any of that for me personally. But you know, credit to the Chiefs. I'll be completely honest with you. I know a third one. It's like ah, oh, it's a little bummer. Another a new team didn't win, or even the San Francisco 49ers. I like Brock Purdy. I like the Niners, and you know they haven't won in a while. If you're a 49ers fan and you're in your 20s, you haven't experienced a Super Bowl, even though they have several of them. Um, so it's a little crazy. But for me, um, I think last year's Super Bowl hurt me more just because the Bengals were so close again and going to the AFC championship game and losing um, by a walk-off field goal. This one really just didn't bother me. I'm like, keep, you know, hopefully the Bengals can get in the way of it. We'll see what happens. It takes health. It takes luck. It takes experience. And it really takes getting hot at the right time. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But I want to start with the uh, the defer the overtime. I want to be completely honest with you. Here we go. It, it really sounds like maybe the 49ers player everyone's going to feel a little different when the game's over and you're going to be talking to reporters but it really felt like they weren't on the same page and they really didn't understand the rules there's so many ways to look at it 
because you get two op- you get two chances. You get mm-hmm. a chance, they get a chance. So no matter what, they were going to get a chance, even if they would have deferred. But for me, it, it tells you what you need to do. Even though I think a Chiefs player said after the game, if they would have scored a touchdown second or if they would have sc- scored the touchdown, um, if they would have deferred and they scored the touchdown, they would have went for two to just end it or win the game. I don't think I could do that. If Zach Taylor called that, I would, I would think about that forever if they didn't get it. Uh, but for me personally, I would have probably deferred just so you knew what to do because it really felt like the Niners were just playing for the field goal. So, man, I have a long take on this too. I think at the uh, – first off, I want to get this out of the way. It's not at all why they lost. No, no, no. They had opportunity. This is a fun discussion. The reason they lost to me – there's a bunch of reasons why they lost, but if you want to look at something, a coaching decision in overtime as to why they lost, there's two of them. One, pulling the guard, pulling the center on that pass play. It's stupid. Yeah. But two, not going for it on fourth down. I would have just gone for it. Like, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs offense probably going to score a touchdown if you give them the ball. You're right. And they have four downs to play with the entire time. I'm going for it on that fourth down and trying to score the touchdown to keep ahead of them. So, I think there's one thing you can look at right now is that Madden has this rule in. I know this sounds stupid, but I feel like the Madden people are usually ahead of the curve when it comes to what the best way to handle these overtimes, the rules and regulations, time management, etc. Like the pro Madden players are the best at this. What they currently do is choose to receive. And then when they score the first touchdown, if they score the first touchdown, when they receive, go for two. And that way you're guaranteed to either win or get the ball back. But what I would do right now, because I don't think coaches are going to do that if they score the first touchdown. If, they, if you kick the ball to them and they score a touchdown, I would kick, especially if I was the 49ers in that situation, because I think that Reed might have just kicked the extra point. You kind of just put that brain into – there's so like when you're not playing a video game right. and you have to manage right. personalities, you have to manage personnel, you've got all these in-game decisions going on in your head. Say the Chiefs score a touchdown, I think they might have just kicked the extra point and then kicked it off. And then if I'm the 49ers, one, yeah, I know I have to score a touchdown here, so I'm a four-down offense the entire way down the field. But two, mm-hmm. I'm going for two. I'm going for two. If Far. they score a touchdown kick the extra point, I'm going for two. Like – I'm going for the win. I'm not giving them the ball back again. So that's what I would fear. Sorry, that's what I would do if I was in that situation. Now, these coaches have so much going on. 